0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, how you doing everyone? I'm Ross Salzberg, and yes, once again, I want you all to listen up here and get a load of this. I've had the good fortune, the really good fortune of being to all of them. You name them, I've been there. ALCS, NLCS, World Series, Super Bowls, NBA Championships, Stanley Cup Finals, all of them. But I genuinely believe that the opening weekend of the men's NCAA basketball tournament takes a backseat to none of the above. So like I said, listen up, because you're really gonna wanna get a load of this. And listen, I know last week, Uh, And I certainly haven't changed my position. Uh, I said it's, you know, for basketball fans, in particular college fans, uh, NCAA, you know, I said last week, March Madness is upon us. Sis Boomba, it's great. It's this and that. But I said sleaze and hypocrisy comes with it. And I haven't changed my mind. But that said, from the bottom of my heart, I genuinely believe, and I've been thinking about it all all over the weekend, you know, for, for the four days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, they have to be, this weekend, these games, it's the greatest, the best four days in sports. And, and listen, I've been, I've been to the World Series you know, where you've got games five, six, and seven. I've been to Stanley Cup Finals, edge of your seat, championships, boxing matches, heavyweight tilts. You you know, I've been to all of them. For sheer edge of your seat, roller coaster, peaks and valleys, planes going through turbulence, whatever the hell you want to call it. Nothing. I genuinely believe nothing is better than the opening weekend of the men's NCAA tournament. And it's just, you know, I've been a critic of college basketball and nothing will change my mind on that. But the weekend itself, for sheer excitement, first of all, I I said to you last week, and I I maintain, the beauty of the tournament, what makes the tournament so thrilling, it's one and done. It's one and done. All the stakes are there, all the chips are on the table, it's one and done. You win, you advance, you lose, you go home. You you know, the old wide world of sports, the thrill of victory, the agony of defeat, it is personified 10 times over. The thrill of victory and the agony of defeat is personified 10 times over in the NCAA tournament. It's, what cliches do you want? The mighty have fallen on any given day. David beats Goliath. But a beep, but a bop, but a boop. Whatever you want it to be, it is there. And we got to see it up close and personal once again this past weekend. I mean, really. First you have Fairley Dickinson taking care of business against number one seed Purdue. Are you kidding me? Fairley Dickinson? I mean, it was thrilling to watch. And by the way, you think Purdue has had enough with Jersey teams? Last year, what was it? Uh, As a number two, they get knocked off by St. Peter's, little tiny St. Peter's. This year, they get knocked off by Fairleigh Dickinson. One beats 16, only the 16 beats one, only the second time that's happened. (laughs) And by the way, they lost to Rutgers at the rack. During a season, I, I I don't know what it is. Maybe Purdue, the Boilermakers, have jerseyitis, but Jersey does not agree. But but anyway, just it was thrilling to watch the kids from Fairleigh Dickinson take care of business, and and then of course you had Princeton. Not only did Princeton, as a fifteen, take care of number two Arizona. In their first game, fifty nine fifty five, they go ahead and beat the crap out of Missouri, seventy eight sixty three. That that wasn't a game. They beat them every which way. Just thrilling. And and, and you know it just uh, just thrilling. And the irony. Now I don't know if it's irony, but coincidence, whatever you want to call it, the coach, Mitch Henderson uh, uh, of Princeton, he was part of that team, Pete Carrill's team, that knocked off a defending champion, UCLA. It, it, it's just, you know, and here he is doing that. And, and, and you know, the, the other thing about this tournament, which makes it so interesting. You, you know, and I've said this for the longest time. When you're in this tournament and it's winner or go home and you are, let's say you're a top seed. I mean, you're a number one, you're a number two, you're a number three, whatever you are. And the other team is playing you close. The longer that game goes on, even if it's in the first five minutes, if they're sticking with you all of a sudden the team that's heavily favored all of a sudden <clears throat> the collar gets a little tight and they're not wearing wearing a collar for for you know I don't want to be graphic or gross but all of a sudden they're undies the jock gets a little tight you start to tense up you start to feel the heat and believe me it's not even just the players the coaches everybody that's what this tournament does. That's what makes this tournament so special. You can go through your X's and O's and permutations and combinations. I'm just talking about sheer edgy of your seat, roller coaster excitement. That's what this tournament does. And, you, you know, I'm going to use Princeton. The other thing that I like about this tournament and what makes it fun, you you know, certainly what makes it fun when when I'm watching the Fairleigh Dickinson team or I'm watching uh, Princeton, it's not about who's being drafted. It's not about where they're going, who's going to the NBA. It's not about that all. It's not about the the nils, the name, image, likeness. It's not about the me. It's not about the moolah. It's not about the shkarol. It's not about the dinero. It's not about the guilt. It's about playing for the right reason. I'm not begrudging anybody. God bless you. Go make your money if you, if you have the ability to do it. But when the powers to be years and years and years ago drew up what they thought college basketball should be it becomes the tournament and 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 i'm not talking about the billions of dollars and all that crap with the ncaa i'm just talking because as i say the hypocrisy there is front and center i'm not going to go into alabama all over again i'm not doing that you if you don't know the story by now then you don't know the story i'm just talking about the sheer joy you know what Watching Princeton and and Fairly Dickens and then other teams too, you, you know. Don't, don't get me wrong, but you know those were the big ones, and certainly Princeton because they're advancing, even though it was yeah, you know, number sixteen Fairly with the huge upset of a number one. Hey, Princeton. As a fifteen, knocked off a number two Arizona, and they then they did it again, beating Missouri. And they didn't just they didn't get by Missouri; they beat the crap out of them. So it's it's basketball. It's it's for the joy of competition, the joy of 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 um, of playing, the, the the joy of competing. You know, I believe it was Jay Wright, the the you know, who's an analyst now in the studio who, great coach, great college coach, won a couple of championships with Villanova. I I, I think he said going into the tournament, you know what? Nobody wants to play, nobody wants to play um, Princeton. And nobody does want to play Princeton. Next up for Princeton is, is Creighton. And I'm I'm guarantee you, I'm not saying Princeton's going to win, but I guarantee you I'll, no ifs, ends or buts, Princeton can win that game. And and you know, Mitch Henderson, the coach of Princeton, he he said it best. He he was talking about what Princeton did for him. And you know, he called it it's an education and a life-changing experience. He said that he's got five seniors, and right now they're all writing a thesis. And that thesis is due in two weeks, and there's no exceptions. You know what that tells you that Mitch Henderson is dealing with that some other kids can't deal with? He's dealing with kids who have mental toughness. I'm not giving you anything that you don't know. Listen, if you're going to Princeton, you're a smart kid. This is not about just IQs, not taking anything away from any opponents that they play, plenty of smart kids in a tournament. But those particular kids from Princeton now, they're there for two reasons. They're there for an education. They're there to play basketball. These players are there to play basketball. You know, I've, I've heard it said about Pete Carrill, let him rest in peace, the great, the great legendary coach at um Princeton. I forget who said it. I think you know who said it? Pretty damn good coach himself, John Thompson said it when you go play for Pete Carrill he's tough he's demanding but but it's the best education you can get because those kids are ready to play and they they know how to handle and deal with things they know how to deal with adversity you know it, it's it's like you know like somebody like it's like you heard it say about fighters. If a fighter punches a guy in the face in in a boxing match and the guy doesn't blink, he punches him again, he doesn't blink, well, then the fighter says to himself, who's doing the punching, says, oh, shit, what do I do now? Because this son of a gun keeps coming at me. Well, that's what it's like with these kids from Princeton they know how to play. You know, I'm not taking anything away from the Fairley Dickinson kids, but the Fairley Dickinson kids, uh, they got knocked out in the next game by Florida Atlantic. And, uh, you know, quite frankly, they didn't play as well as they could have played or expected to play because they went into that game as a 15-point underdog. Uh, They lose by 8, 78-70, but... They, they didn't play well. They could have won that game. They missed too many layups, too many shots. And playing at that crazy pace, you know, came back to haunt them. But then again, the, the Fairleigh Dickinson was still the only team, only the second team, for a 16 to beat a one. Previously done by University of Maryland at uh, Baltimore, uh, 2018 when they knocked off um, Virginia. It's just these Princeton Tigers ought to be reckoned with. They ought to be reckoned with, but but again, it's for what I say the right reasons, and I don't begrudge anybody. Listen, I used to campaign for college kids and, you know, people who've listened to my podcast get a load of this here. No, I've campaigned for kids to get some money. But I also think this name, image, likeness, which that becomes a story for another day, has gotten out of of control. I I mean, if... if, you want to talk about the hypocrisy and they give me this crap about student-athletes and this and that and coaches... Come on. But that's why I enjoyed so much watching a Princeton team and, and also watching a Fairleigh Dickinson team. We're not talking about guys going to any place in the draft. We're talking about kids playing for the sake of playing the game. And then when they can knock off the, the big boys, the favorites, maybe the guys going to the NBA, going to the next level, wherever it is in Europe, whatever... I, that that's what it's all about so i'm going to root my ass off for the tigers in, in the next game you know and i'm i'm not going to lie i i do have a favorite in this tournament too the yukon huskies not that i've always been a yukon husky fan but i've always been a fan of the hurley family bobby hurley who is the great legendary high school coach senior from st anthony's high school in Jersey City and certainly his son Bobby who coaches Arizona State and son Danny who's the head coach of uh, the Yukon Huskies who they're advancing after winning two games you know my, my, my favorite story about B- Bobby Hurley Sr. and not, not everybody knows this story you know People would always... Tough, demanding guy. Tough, demanding guy, Bobby Hurley Sr. Tough, tough, demanding guy. Some people, you know, might have accused him at, at times of being too tough. But let me tell you what, his kids went to school. His kids went to college. His kids graduated. His kids come back to the Jersey City community and help out. I'll tell you another story about interesting about Bobby Hurley. You know, in the era when, when coaches as I mentioned Rick Pitino last week, and I'll, I'll touch on that for a second here. But Bobby Hurley Sr. was the coach at St. Anthony's, little St. Anthony's, and would call Anthony Towns. Yeah, the Carl Anthony Towns, the NBA star Carl Anthony Towns. When he was coming out and going to high school, you know, he was heavily recruited. And, you know, and he's, parochial schools, Catholic schools, could recruit. So he was very much interested in going to St. Anthony's. And Carl Anthony Towns' dad sat down with Bob Hurley Sr. and says, you know, my son really wants to go, so now what are you giving him? And and Bobby don't, Hur- I, I know this for a fact, Bobby Hurley Sr. said, what we're giving him is a chance for a good education, at St. Anthony's, plus a chance to play in a very good basketball program. But what do you, you know what, I mean, what are you giving him financially? Well, he can get a scholarship here. No, but what are you giving him financially? And and he was talking about other schools offering money. And with that, Coach Bobby Hurley Sr. said, I wish your son much success wherever he ends up. That's the type of integrity that does not exist, (laughs) does not exist, certainly not in the college game these days, certainly not in the college game these days. And then, of course, since I'm talking about this, I'm just going to touch on it because I went through the whole thing last week. You know, you know, Rick Patino of the Iona Gales, one of the great coaches of all time. One of the great coaches of all time. College coaches. Uh, this was going into the tournament. Oh, he's got to go, you know, he's got to go to St. John's. He's got to go to St. John's. Heavy recruitment and this and that. And, and, you know, then asked, after after his Iona Gales were knocked out, by Yukon. No, I don't know. I, I know nothing about anything. I don't know what my next move is. That's what pisses me off. Because he's he's so full of crap. He certainly knows what his next move is. He's just waiting for it. And then just to add. The disgust on it. Th- there was an article in, in, in yesterday's post. Mike Rapoli. Billionaire st john's alum uh belmont stakes winner horse breeder horse racer whatever you want to call him big times alum he was saying how much he'll get involved as alum and he can help with name image likeness and offer money and and this and that you know if patino comes on because that's what the school needs that's what reeks that's what stinks that's what I said last week about the the sleaze and hypocrisy of college, uh, not well co- college basketball, but that's college sports in general. That's what reeks about it. Patino doesn't know where he's going. Just like when people say, "Well, but you know, Russ, you, you know, he he was cleared of all charges." You know, I was hearing that this week because some people were very upset with me because how could I say this about Rick Patino? He's such this, he's such that, and I'm picking on him and this and that. Let me tell you something, folks. I don't care if anybody, they found charges, they didn't find charges. Let me make this perfectly clear. This applies to college. This applies to the pros and all sports. There is no coach or manager who doesn't know what's going on in his locker room. There is no coach. And in college in particular... These guys control who farts. They control who goes to the bathroom. They control everything. They know who's doing what. They know who's picking their nose. They know who's going out with who, who's doing this wrong, who's doing that wrong. It was the same thing I used to say. You know, none of these managers knew about people in their locker room, baseball managers, when they are doing steroids. Give me, are you kidding me? They know who's doing this. They know who's screwing up, but they don't know that. Maybe they choose not to whine and to want to know about it. But college sports, they know everything. And if they don't know everything firsthand, they know it secondhand from their assistants because that's what they're there for. And if you don't think... A head coach knows if money's being passed around to recruit this and to re- re- recruit that, come to me cuz I'm gladly sell you the Brooklyn Bridge. All right? I'll gladly sell you the Brooklyn Bridge. But but having said that, the hypocrisy with the hypocrisy and with the sleaze, I still maintain the Best four days of the year in sports is always the NCAA tournament, and right now this one is second to none. It has just been terrific. Listen, you got not only one—you know, Purdue at number one knocked out. Get the Kansas Jayhawks were knocked out by Arkansas, an eight-pizza one. So there's plenty of fun going around. But having said that, let me just wrap things up with this here. You know, you you've heard me a couple of weeks back tell you how much I dislike the WBC for the fear of somebody being hurt. And I'm not jumping on a bandwagon now to say and I told you so. And I'm going to get to Edwin Diaz for a sec in a second most recently jose altuve uh, Al- altuve you know he's got a fractured thumb the great second baseman uh of the astros the yankees certainly that's the yankees number one nemesis if if the astros are the yankees number one pain in the ass then certainly every bit the big pain in the ass is little jose altuve he's ch- just a tremendous ball player T- tremendous ball player, so he's got the fractured thumb, so they're screwed, now the Astros are screwed, and you want to know what, me being part of yes now, and you know, wanted to see the Yankees do well, and get past the Astros, I don't want them to beat the Astros without Al- Altuve, I want them to beat the Astros with Altuve, but there you have a guy, you know, it's like what I said, and you know, it, it's been a big debate this past week, and it started with Edwin Diaz getting hurt, being done for the season, tearing his patella tendon. Uh, arguably the best closer in baseball. The Mets now are without him for this whole season. Okay. Everybody went crazy, but you see, this, is, this wouldn't have happened if it wasn't the WBC, and, and I get that. But I didn't want to chime in on this debate that people were getting into, for the following reason. What happened to Edwin Diaz yet happened in the WBC, but that was just a simple freak thing. A, com- a completely, it, it, he struck out three batters, saved the game for Puerto Rico and in the joy of it, in his celebration on a field, all of a sudden he crumbles to the ground. Folks, that could happen on every celebration during a season, on every walk-off celebration, in particular walk-off home runs. You see the players jumping all over each other all the time. So what, 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 you, do you want your players, do you want your managers to, to mandate there are no more celebrations? Of course not. You, you don't want to take the joy out of baseball. I'm not looking to take the joy out of baseball. That was just a freak thing. So yeah, if he wasn't playing in the WBC, it would not have happened. But that injury was just a freak injury. You're not going to rule out celebrating in baseball during the season, and that's when that could have happened. So it's just one of those things. Okay? It was just one of those things. It happened and it's over with. All right. Uh, that said, I still don't like the WBC. You can take it and stick it where the sun don't, shy, don't shine. It's, it's not good for my team. It's not good for the team, teams I want to root for. It can cause nothing but a problem. Yeah, Bula, Bula, Bula. And yeah, am i am I going to be glad if the USA wins? Sure, I'll be glad. But you know what? I'm not losing sleep one way or the other. Period. End of story. And that, my friends, is the end of story here. It's a wrap on today's Get a Load of This. Now I'd like to be getting a load of you. Let me know your thoughts on today's podcast. You can do so on Twitter at Russ Salzberg. You can do it on Facebook. You can also check out my website at russsalzberg.com. Now I got to thank uh, my home here at com because I tell you each and every week, Believe is indeed the number one podcast network for professionals, but above all, got to thank you, the people out there, because without you, the people out there, I'd have nobody here to be talking to. And again, just a reminder, make sure you tune in, tell your friends to tune in, and to do so, you got to download the Yes app so you can see me each week on my video app, on my video podcast of Get A Load Of This on the Yes app. But that's it for now, so until next week, it is I, Russ Salzberg, saying to each and every one of you, bye-bye, so long, and farewell. See you and talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform.